Howdy folks, welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm Michael, and today we're actually going to hear some stories from a friend of mine who is a relatively new hunter, Clint McInnes. Clint is based out of Utah, he's a tattoo artist, and within the last few years he's completely fallen in love with hunting, and he's gotten into it for all of the right reasons. So I'm not going to steal any more of his story. I'm going to let Clint go ahead and take it from here. But again, thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the stories. Clint, well, thanks for joining us, man. I'm excited to have you. I figure we'll just kick things off by letting you do a quick introduction of yourself. Yeah, uh, my name's Clint McInnes. Um, I'm a newer hunter, only been hunting for about the last uh, three years. This will actually be my third season. Didn't grow up hunting, uh, grew up on a farm, so we didn't have to hunt. It was really easy because they were all in a pasture. Uh, so I didn't <laughs> learn all of the, the valuable skills that I am now trying to make up for at the age of uh, now I'm 38. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm new to that. I'm a tattoo artist in uh, Utah and work out of Salt Lake City and I, I live in a small town just outside of Salt Lake. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, a new hunter as well. I've got a couple years on you. I think I've been doing it for like five, but I think you've probably had more success than I have. Uh, what, what got you started? Like, was it just that you got the itch sitting on the couch one day? I wanted to go hike around with uh, some struggle sticks or, or <laughs> where did you, what, what fired uh, you up? No, honestly, uh, my wife's a nutritionist and we're always looking for the ways that we can eat the healthiest. And mm -hmm. for, for us that included like buying beef from the local butcher, from local farmers that we know where it came from. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of wanted to go one step more than that and, and introduce our own power into this and, and do what we could. So she actually didn't grow up hunting either. Her dad hunted when she was younger and, uh, her sister hunts now, but she'd never taken the opportunity. So we actually went on this journey together. And and part of it was I was sitting around on the couch and I watched an episode of Meat Eater. And then I was like, well, this looks interesting. I, I can yeah. get down with this. Uh, <laughs> and and the rest is kind of history, man. I I dove into everything I possibly could. I actually got my my hunter's education completed at like the age of 35 or or possibly 34 yeah, had to had to go to like the ground level of of doing this and figuring it out. So yeah, uh, it was it was good to to kind of go down that path with her. She had her hunter's education card, so I thought that we were uh, somewhat in good hands because I felt like she had experience, and that's a story in and of itself. Uh, she did <laughs> not have an experience, so yeah, we can we can get into all of that too. But yeah, we just wanted a healthier way to feed our families. And this, this was one of the best ways that we can do that. That's awesome, man. It's a, it's a similar story you hear from a lot of new hunters where, you know, wanting to know where your meat come from comes up. Uh, I was a little bit different where I had some friends that were going vegan and it became an ethical thing. And I was like, but I like meat too much. I wasn't so much worried about the nutrition, but I was yeah. like, at some point I should know what it's like to harvest my own meat if I'm going to yes. keep eating it. Cause I don't plan on going vegan anytime soon, but it's yeah. still in the same, it's still in the same vein there. And it's something that's uh, pretty common. And I think bringing a lot of hunters to, uh, or a lot of new people to hunting these days. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I actually have uh, several vegan clients who uh, talk to me about this all the time. And they're, they're kind of fascinated that I took it upon myself uh, they don't necessarily want to do that, but they they have respect for it. And that's they said if they ever ate meat, that would be the way that they wanted to go, yeah. um, which is cool to hear. 
Yeah, it's you know I've had the similar conversation as well. It's, it's uh, we're walking the same path here, Clint. I have a, a vegan friend who just every time we talk, he's like, "Tell me about your hunting. I want to know everything." Um, he yeah. has no real interest in it, but it's he's he doesn't like the people going to the grocery store and being you know uh, oblivious to where yeah. their meat comes from. So he's very interested in hearing my my stories. So that's cool, yeah. man. That's very cool. And, and commercial farming. Let's be real. Commercial farming yeah. is the absolute devil of of eating. Absolutely. Um, there, there is no such thing as, and, and you, I don't care how much you put cage free and, and pasture fed and all that crap. When you come down to a large scale commercial farm, it's, it's not a good thing as far as like animal welfare. I promise Absolutely. you. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. 100%. Well, we're going we're going down the wrong path here. Let's uh let's yeah. let's let's turn the other way before we go too far, and uh, talk a little bit about your stories, man. What uh, set us up? Put us uh, put us in your shoes. Um, when was this hunt? What were you hunting? What were you hunting with? And and go from there. Uh, so our our first hunt, my wife and I drew the same tag, um, and it's actually the tag she has this year too. Uh, but it was a muzzleloader uh, mule deer hunt, and. Um, so I had to actually buy a muzzle loader. I have a lot of guns, but I don't have a muzzle loader. Uh, so we had to buy a muzzle loader for this hunt after we found out that we had tags for that. And again, it was our first ever hunt. I thought that she had, I assumed, uh, incorrectly that she had hunted. And so I was kind of relying on, oh yeah, my wife's going to guide me on these things. And, and she knows what she's <laughs> doing. And I kept telling friends this. Uh, and she hadn't heard it. And I hadn't asked her like, Oh, have you killed anything? I haven't said anything about that to her. And I remember about two weeks before our season started, I was on a walk with her and I was on the phone with a friend of mine real quick, just kind of finishing up a phone call. And, and I had mentioned, yeah, uh, my wife's going to take me out. She's my adult on this hunt. So she's going to show me what's up. And, <laughs> and, uh, I hang up the phone and she's like, why did you say that? And I said, well, cause you're the one that's hunted out of, out of us. And she's like, no, I haven't. And so I had assumed that she had done all of this and had brought animals down. So now at two weeks left, I'm like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> and now <laughs> we have to go and learn all of what we can in these, uh, in these two weeks. Uh, so it was really crunch time. And I had a lot of friends that, that were hunters that offered to go with us, but it was something that we wanted to share together. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And so, so we, we went out on our own and I think she cheats because she's native American and they have some kind of calling with the land. I don't understand <laughs> it, but uh, she actually Just put her, her deer down. Yeah. Uh, they, sh she put her deer down the, the second morning and wow. Do, you a, said you had two doe tags, right? No, no. These were both uh, these were both buck tags. Okay. So yeah, she and she, my wife is amazing, but she's also one that wants to just fill the freezer. She does not care yeah. anything else. So we we found this uh, Spike who he he just kind of hung out for, and we actually saw him the first evening. But my wife didn't want to try and cut a deer up in the dark for the first time, which was probably a smart call. Yeah, that's a wise uh, decision. Wise decision. Yeah, see, and I, I tend to not think things through. I would have shot <laughs> if it would have been my turn to shoot, but I wanted to get her a deer first. So the I we went back to the same spot in the morning, kind of unknowingly that that like deer kind of pattern in that same manner. 
and we didn't bump those deer out. So we went back to the same spot and sure enough that, that, uh, spike was right back where we left him the night before, just on a different, uh, hill. So she, she said, yeah, I want to shoot this time. And, uh, she made a great 90 yard shot. That deer didn't move, uh, literally dropped where it was at. And, uh, that was the end of that. But then it was, Hey, how do we cut this thing up? <laughs> now what do we do? <laughs> Did you bring yeah. a knife? I didn't bring a knife. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd actually, I'd actually saved videos on my phone from YouTube so that we could watch them in the field. And we'd, we'd obviously watch them a bunch of times at home, but that's not the same thing as being out there. Yeah. So literally watching step-by-step tutorials as we're going on this first year by ourselves and when I say by ourselves, I mean my wife, because I'm standing there holding the phone and I don't want to get the phone bloody and want to run it back and <laughs> forth and pause and all of that when we need to. So my wife's getting elbow deep in this deer while I'm yeah. standing back and holding stuff. And it was it was kind of funny because I'm I'm watching her do this and I'm just amazed, but I'm also watching ticks crawl up her arm and i'm like oh i don't want to touch this thing <laughs> ticks really freak me out they're like one of my main fears in life so she she did really great and probably halfway through of of quartering this deer up i'm looking at the stuff that we've got in our backpacks and i'm like oh my gosh we're not going to be able to haul any meat back and we're about two miles from the truck and she's like what do you mean and i'm like our bags are too full like we're gonna get m- maybe like half of this if that and she's like what do you want to do and I said why don't you finish cutting up the deer and I'm gonna hurry and skedaddle back to the truck and come back with fresh packs with nothing but water in them and she's like you're you're gonna leave me in the wild with a deer yes (laughs) yeah babe do you trust me and and yeah I guess uh so she finished cutting up the deer um while I ran back to camp and emptied out our bags and made sure that we had enough room for for uh, meat. And when I got back, uh, I walked upon this, this site that looked like the animal carcass had been out there for months because there was not a shred <laughs> of meat on this thing. Uh, picked all the my, rib meat, just, just everything, man. And I'm not even joking. Like there was no rib meat. There was nothing. Well, I guess she had uh, the time, right? Yeah, she had the time. And, and honestly, we want to utilize as much of this deer as we can. This is this is our first deer together. So, yeah, she had picked it clean. Um, the vultures got nothing that day except for guts. So that, it was it was really cool to to see her do that. Um, I have some really cool pictures and, and we talk about it all the time. And we she she killed that deer at roughly like 830 in the morning. And we were eating it at, at uh, 1 p.m. That's that awesome. One of the most amazing feelings in the world. What was the uh, what was the first cut that you guys cooked up? Oh, we totally ate backstrap first. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we know what the good stuff is. So yeah, yeah we we ate backstrap first, and that that was that was it for us. Uh, we we spent the day at the house since we had already had a deer down and then we ended up going back out the next morning and and getting right back after it and then after that it was me getting my deer which i'm 
I'm a different kind of person and I'm very competitive. So when it came to me getting my deer, uh, I did not want to just get a spike. We already had meat in the freezer, so I wanted to step it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the deer Something didn't a little want more to cooperate. Mature. Yeah, <laughs> of course. The deer didn't want to cooperate, which I didn't realize how hard this actually was. But it took me the the rest of the eight day season to get mine, and I did get a nice deer. I got a nice uh, four point out of it. But somewhere in between, when my wife got her deer, and when I got mine, my wife had kind of given up on me being a good hunter. Uh, <laughs> I think she said something about me being white. It was it was racially driven. I know that. Um, but she she had kind of given up and. She's like, I've got kids to run around and all this stuff. Like, I, why don't you go and try and get this done and call me since I was hunting somewhat close to the house. So I the plan was, is I go out and if I get a deer, I call her and, and she comes up with the backpacks because that's when the work starts, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I <laughs> I hunted my butt off for, for the rest of those uh, few days, which was only... I only went by myself probably two or three days in all actuality. And I ended up calling a, a really good friend of mine and saying, hey, I don't know where deer are and I can't find them. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> That's a good searched question. <laughs> all over the mountain. And he's he's a very good hunter, um, knows what he's doing. He's been kind of doing it his whole life. And he said, you know, tonight after work, I'm going to cruise up and I'm going to show you where these does are. And I'm going to show you how they pattern in the evening and, and what they're going to do in the morning. And I'm just going to show you that stuff. And, and then you'll have more of an idea. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, so we went up, mind you, this is pretty early season. This isn't rough time for, for mule deer in Utah. So we went up, he, he cruised up after work and we set up a spotting scope. We're about a thousand yards away and I've got my gun just in case, but he sets up his spotting scope and he's like, holy crap, there's a huge four by four in there. And I'm like, no way. I'm going after it now. And this is like pretty <laughs> close to sunset. And he's like, you're just going to blow him out. Like, don't worry about it tonight. Yeah. And this is the day before uh, the last day of the hunt. And I was like, well, he's right there. He's going to be gone in the morning. And and that's how I thought the deer moved. And he's like, no, man, like, let's just make a game plan for the morning. And uh, you, you can get on him. Fully expecting that that deer uh, should not have been there. I don't know what he was doing down with the does just at the wrong place at the right time for me. So we made a game plan for the morning and uh, I I was going solo because he had to work. So I went up and I, I got to where I was supposed to be, kind of made a little hide in this tree to where none of these deer could really see me. And as they start coming up in, in the morning light and feeding through this uh, this grove, I'm watching these deer and these does start coming through and all of a sudden this doe pops up and she's only about 10 yards from me and she's staring straight at me and I had no idea what to do um, <laughs> but I'm watching all the rest of the deer behind her but I can't move and I'm on all fours because I was moving around the tree at the same time she popped up so uh, I'm kind of losing my mind thinking that this doe is going to blow out of there and all these deer are going to be gone well I watched that big four by four deer pass by in the grove behind her 
Oh, and no. <laughs> I'm watching him pass and I'm just, the life is draining out of me and this guy's gone forever, right? So I'm kind of losing my mind. And after all 30 or 40 of these deer pass through this, this um, grove, this doe who's standing in front of me just turns around and walks off. She doesn't even run off. She just didn't like something about me. Yeah. Uh, obviously she was onto something and, and I'm glad I didn't move, <laughs> but she just turns around and walks off. I'm, now I'm mad at, at everything. Uh, and I don't think that everything's going to, or anything's going to happen. So I, uh, I end up texting my buddy, Hey man, this stupid doe blew me out of here. And, and he says, relax, I'm going to send you some stuff on Onyx, which is a great, great tool when you're new to hunting. Yeah. He says, I'm going to send and you in some the field stuff. and actually have service, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Considering <laughs> I was only two miles behind my house. Uh, yeah, this was, <laughs> this was pretty easy. So he sent me some stuff and he said, Hey, follow this trail. And, and if you get a shot opportunity, great. But if not stay off of them, like don't sneak in more. So I, I followed them around for the afternoon, got to where they were bedded down and, and couldn't get into them. It was really thick scrub oak and nasty stuff. Uh, you look at it and it makes sound pretty, pretty sensitive. And uh, about that time, uh, this is, this is probably noon when, when they're all totally settled. I, I look down at my phone and I'm like, Oh man, it's, it's my wife's birthday. I should probably go and take her to lunch. Uh, so I drove down to the house and I took my wife to lunch and we, we had a nice lunch together. And then uh, I, I went right back up to it and I told her everything that was going on and she knew that I was on something, but I, I got back up there and got into place in a different spot for when they were feeding across this, this grove again for the evening. And uh, I got there pretty early, so I set up a, a really nice hide this time. Uh, you couldn't see me for anything, and I had a good shooting lane down in front of me, about a uh, 150 yards, which I felt comfortable shooting with a muzzle loader, and just just nice and settled in. And pretty soon here, the deer start coming in. I, I I'm set up, and these deer start coming in, and I. I had made my blind a little too close to where they were coming in at. I'm within spitting distance of some of these does and spikes that are walking by. And I don't spit very far. <laughs> they are literally close enough for me to smell. And I'm like shaking with every deer that walks by. Not all of them are that close, but a good majority of them are walking by literally within 10 feet of me. Jeez. And I'm taking pictures on my phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking pictures on my phone and I'm sending them to my wife. And she's like, holy cow. And I'm waiting for this four by four. And my buddy texts me and he's he says, have you seen anything yet? And I said, no, man, I don't think he's here. I think something happened and he bumped. And he's like, no, 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 he'll be there. He says, I'm leaving work early. I, I'm too excited. I can't take it. So he leaves work. <laughs> That's a good buddy. Drives. Yeah, drives about the 30 minutes um, to where I'm at. And he sets up his spotting scope in the same place that we were the night before. And he texts me and he says, no, dude, he's right there. He's he's in the grove. And I'm like, no, I'm in the grove. He's he's not in the grove. And he says, uh, he's 
he's literally like right about to cross over into where this this cliff face is. And I was like, no, that's impossible because that's behind me. Well, I turn around oh, and, look, no. oh, and no. he is he's <laughs> 80 yards behind me and he's staring straight at me when I turn around and look. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's probably 20 yards from crossing over this cliff face. As soon as he gets in that cliff face, he's he's gone forever. Like, uh-huh. I don't get a shot. And it's also approaching sundown. So yeah. we're getting tight on time. So as slowly as I could possibly move, I get the gun worked around. And uh, again, this is muzzleloader. So so one shot, uh, not the not the most efficient things. I can't believe wars were fought with these things, right? Yeah, right. Uh, ones that are even worse than the ones that we have now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I, I get the gun, uh, turned around and kind of twist my body and, and get over to where he's at. And, and he's just eating through this grove. He's not too worried about anything. He doesn't smell me, doesn't see me, nothing. So, uh, finally get it turned around and, and, uh, fire off a shot. And he, with, with a muzzleloader, you have all the smoke and I can't see where he's at. <laughs> So he drops out of my sight line, and I'm like, well, I missed. He's gone. Yeah. And I can see just waving your hand, trying to clear the smoke out so you can just see yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of freaking out, and my, my phone starts uh, going off, and it's my buddy down in the canyon. He'd watched it unfold on, on the uh, spotting scope. And he's like, you throttled him, man. I hope that was you that shot because I don't know where you're at. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that was me. I don't know where he's at. And he's like, he dropped where, where he stood. And, and I, I just couldn't see him cause he dropped behind weeds. And so I, I stood up and, uh, I walked over there and again, me being a rookie, I made a mistake right there. Didn't yeah. have my gun. Gun also wasn't loaded. And I walked over and he wasn't quite all the way gone, uh, which was heartbreaking for me, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm a softy when it comes to animals. So I immediately, like he wasn't going anywhere. Um, but I immediately run back to my little hide, grab the gun, reload it real quick. Um, Seven minutes and, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. <laughs> so I, I, I get everything set up and, and I'm ready to go. And I walk back over there and, and make this last shot. And it man, that was when everything kind of hit me. Uh, like I said, I'm a softie and it, it hit me really bad emotionally. I'd never killed something intentionally. Yeah. And it's big. I, it's I, heavy. I, yeah. I struggled with it, man. I sat down and, and I'm not going to lie. I sat down and cried. Yeah. And I, I knew the gravity of what I had done and, and I had realized that before, but until you actually do it, it, you don't know what you're going to go through. Yeah. So, uh, it's amazing how in the moment it, it's not there, but as soon as you've completed this, you know, action, it just, it's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, it's it's definitely something else. And I, I don't think that I was as prepared for that portion as I thought that I was. So I, 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 I get done with my little crying session and, and uh, <laughs> a couple minutes later, my buddy makes it to me and, and he's like, well, man, how do you feel? And I said, well... I just got done crying. So, you know, that's cool. And he's like, <laughs> man, I actually, I, I cried on my way over here because I helped you with this. And that's huge for me. 
and and I didn't realize the bond that he and I would form immediately yeah. even more tight than we were. So absolutely, it was it was really cool, and to have him there while I'm trying to cut something up in the dark was was great too. So I called my wife and I told her I had this deer down, and I I sent her a pin. She didn't have on X, and so she tried to use her pin with uh, with Google Maps, and that does oh. not work. <laughs> uh and it was getting dark so she calls me and she's like i can't find you and i don't know like where to go and i said you just go back to the car we'll handle this and and my buddy lyle and i we uh we we started cutting up this this deer and he's showing me a more efficient way to do what we were doing before mm-hmm. um and so we we did the gutless method on this deer and and we still took I mean, a, a ton of meat out of this thing. And then we go and we get it all in our game bags. And this this deer wasn't covered in ticks like my wife's was. So I wasn't afraid to touch it. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we get it all put in game bags. And then I turn around and I'm like, oh, man, because my wife was going to join me. I have a day pack that is not made to haul very yeah. much meat. <laughs> And he's like, "Well, why don't you uh, why don't you get the the head, and you haul that down?" And I'm like, "He has his like actual meat packing backpack." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, man, like there's a lot of meat. I'm gonna carry that, and you carry the head." And he's like, "No, I can't let you do that." And I'm like, "There's a lot of meat here. This is a big deer. Uh, nice, mature four point." And he's like, well, you don't have a choice because, like, this is the way we're doing it. And I'm like, all right, but the first minute you get tired, like, I'm taking that pack from you. He says, all right. Well, the the moon had just come up, and it was a full moon that night. And we actually ended up walking back to the trucks in a full moon with no headlamps, no nothing. I mean, that, that's how bright it was, and that's that's kind of my city. You get away from a lot of light pollution. So, yeah. Super cool experience. We ended up getting back to my house uh, probably around 11 o'clock and my wife had stayed up to, to see this and uh, just, just felt really accomplished. And, and again, because I was exhausted the next morning I woke up and I was like, Holy cow, man, like I, I killed something yesterday and it hit me pretty hard again. Uh, not to the point where I, had to sit down and cry or anything, but it was, it was still emotionally a a big moment for me of, I'm going to feed my family with this. Yeah. And you got, you got a big family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it was, it was a lot for me and I was really proud of myself um, and, and proud of my wife for, for getting her first year. And for me after that, it was all over. I knew that everything was going to revolve around this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I know that's such a weird thing to say when you have one experience. And I, I feel weird even saying it now that like I knew my life was going to change. Well, after that, as I'm driving home from work, I'm looking at the mountains differently. Yeah. Every, every time I eat food, I'm, I'm, Oh man, like we, we should go to Texas and get, hogs instead of eating this this pork that we got from the the butcher or the the store um everything changed and it still is to this day 
I still look at the mountains differently on the drive home. And I know these mountains like the back of my hands, but I don't know them like according to hunting in an animal standpoint. I know where to Mm -hmm. camp and I know where to hike and I know those things. This changed how I looked at mountains uh, for the better. And and I still have this curiosity now of, oh, I I wonder what that looks like for animals during this time of year. That's awesome, man. That's re- that's really cool. I'll say that when I started hunting and had a similar experience, all of a sudden I was like, "Why are we on trails? Like, why don't we just walk into the woods?" You know, it's <laughs> yeah. you just want to ex- you want to experience it in a different way. So I, I I can't say it's the exact same thing that you're feeling, but I, it's something along the same lines. And it's really it's really uh, hunting is the only way to get it. And yeah. um, I don't even think you actually even need to get to the full point of harvest to get there. You just need to have some of these really close and intimate experiences with these animals. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is I, I tell everybody that eats meat that they should go on a hunt with an ethical hunter. Not, they don't even have to hunt, but I want them to see the process of what goes into those things. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Clint. That was a long uh, story, man. No, that, that was good. Uh, I don't know if you have any other ones you want to tell. I do have, dude, this, this most recent hunt that I was just on with pigs. Um, so I, I've been down to Texas a couple of times now to, uh, one, the, I helped out with a hunt. And then, uh, the second time I was actually hunting. Um, so yeah, popped down to Texas for a couple of times. And if you want to learn how to actually practice that that last little bit of a hunt texas is the place for it because you're not doing all the prep work that we're doing in the west as far as like you're e-scouting for six months and then and then putting boots on the ground and, and that kind of stuff in texas you're literally doing the last day of of any hunt because you're going out to to kill a pig um or one of these other animals they've got a ton of exotics down there yeah. Um, Even the whitetail, there's more whitetail in Texas than I think the rest of the country combined. Well, Texas is bigger than the rest of the country combined. If you ask a Texan. That is uh, also that, true. It's, it's <laughs> not actually true, but if you ask a Texan, it is bigger. <laughs> but yeah, Texas is a, is a wild place. And this, this last one that I went on was uh, me trying to harvest pigs with my bow i hadn't harvested anything with a bow and so that was that was a a whole new experience too because when you get in with a bow it's a different intimacy and it's it's i mean you can you can practice a bow every single day of your life but again until you have an animal in front of your face uh, it's a different thing and this animal's only 20 yards from you and 20 to 30 and you you've got to practice these shots and and be ready to go because pigs are jumpy and they don't want to sit still. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. I I harvested two pigs with, with my bow and uh, it was a successful hunt for me and, and just amazing time. It's actually uh, with a company called high caliber hunts and they're actually to, to put higher caliber people together for -hmm. the purpose of, of going out and hunting. But uh, with these, with these amazing people that you get to have, you get to build a relationship with, um, in the meantime, and they come together and talk about 
awesome things as, as far as like how to be a better person and, and how to run a business better and new business ideas, new marketing strategies, whatever. There's a lot of that that goes on at these camps. It's not just about that hunt. Yeah. Uh, I bet that's actually a pretty special experience. So you mentioned in your last story that Lyle teared up just in the act of helping you with, you know, the yeah. little bit that he did. And now you've got this group of guys that are all helping each other to the same common goal. And it's, I, I bet that it's even more so than that maybe experience there. So I, I, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible yeah. idea. I love the idea and, and I'll definitely be doing more of them just because of the relationships I've built from these things. Just, just super good people. You get to go hang out with your friends. And again, it's much different than, than hunting that I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, hunting in the West. Yeah. We, we may talk at night, but usually there's two of us out there and we're hiking our butts off. So we're not sitting there talking about business and marketing. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about how to be a better dad, but in these camps, that's the exact kind of stuff. And we're having these deeper conversations that really need to happen in life. Yeah. Um, and, and not on social media. Weird. And, and what are these called again? The uh, You said you did it with a group? Yeah, yeah. This is called High Caliber Hunts. My friend okay. Colin runs this and uh, just just a cool stuff, cool cool opportunity to go out and, and meet people who are just really trying to kill it in life and do some fun stuff. We, He's got, uh, I mean, you can see a whole lineup of, of hunts on his website as far as like pig hunts, but also they're, they're doing bow fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're doing a whitetail hunt in the, in the late fall, that kind of stuff. So it's not just pig hunts, but the same idea exists through all of these things. Yeah. The same camp of, of, uh, strong individuals. Exactly. That's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, anything else, man, any other stories, any other, uh, you know, gobblers or whatever, whatever it might be, or, or you think you're, you're good for the day uh, you've given us a lot, man. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I'm long winded, so <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice. Oh, um, good. Most people don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, and, and let's, let's go back a step to now yeah. that I've gotten into hunting my kids who wouldn't have had the opportunity to hunt very much as far as like an adult taking them out. My daughter last year, she said, dad, can we hunt turkeys? Yeah. Yeah. We can hunt turkeys. And so we went out and we didn't get it done. The turkey is an incredibly frustrating bird. Oh uh, yeah. We heard them. We saw them. We never got close enough to shoot them. Uh, yeah. In- incredibly frustrating. And then I go down to Texas and they're everywhere. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what do you mean? Like I can just throttle this bird any point of the day. And they're like three times <laughs> the size of the ones we have here. Yeah. Right. But uh, it's, it's, getting my kids curiosity peaked and my like I said my daughter has her first deer tag this year and she's so excited about that and she she just wants to get out there already and and I'm like well we got to wait a couple months but uh it'll it'll come in due time and I'm excited for her to get out there and and share this same exact experience that I shared with my wife and and shared with one of my best friends um with with my kid that's Uh, awesome that's a memory that she, and she still talks about the turkey hunting, uh, how frustrating it was and that kind of stuff. But, uh, even though we weren't successful, she still talks about it. Yeah. My, uh, learning how to do it and hearing them and, and seeing all this different wildlife that we don't normally see. Yeah. My, uh, my oldest is three and, uh, he 
his first word besides mom and dad was deer because we lived in Texas at the time and we'd open our windows every morning and there'd be deer in the yard. Um, so that was his first word. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to sharpen my learning curve and, and get it to the point where I can pass some knowledge on to him by the time he's actually yeah. old enough to hunt. Um, because he's, he's definitely going to love it. I've had nights where he wakes me up, you know, the three-year-olds, they just come into your room and they'll wake you up for no reason. And he goes, dad, we got to shoot the elk. We gotta, we gotta eat them. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy, get uh, in well, here. And he jumps into bed with me, and uh, back to sleep. But uh, he, he dreams of it, so I'm, I'm hoping that he stays that way. And I think it's important to, to pass these things on. And it's, it's, it's cool that it, you know, two guys like us that are that found it on our own. Really, I mean, you had your wife's help. I found it by myself. But uh, we're gonna now start passing the tradition down. So it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, and I think even even without that, my my family ate the pig, a, a portion of the pig that uh, I I killed in Texas just yesterday, actually. And I mean, my my son, who's not into hunting, I sent him that picture of of me with the pig uh, when I shot it, and he's like, "Dad, that's awesome. That's super cool." He doesn't want to hunt yet. Yeah. He may eventually, um, but right now knowing that dad actually puts like physical meat on the table, that's a big deal to him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's cool to go through that and, and see it from my side of I'm actually, I'm not just buying groceries. I'm actually providing uh, a, a substance for these kids. Absolutely. And I bet that he thinks his dad's a lot cooler than all his friends, dads that uh, put on the short shorts and go jogging every morning. I mean, I still put on the short shorts, but I just go a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Hiking instead of jogging. There you go. Yes, exactly. Awesome, Clint. Cool, man. Um, well, the, uh, how do you want people to, to see what you got going on here? Do you want to give them your Instagram or anything like that? Or do you want to r- remain mysterious and, uh, <laughs> and drift off into the wind? God, it sounds really cool when you put it like that, though. So maybe yeah, I'm giving you options. Is the way to go. <laughs> uh, no, if if you want to follow me and and check out any of the work I do, or if you're in Utah at all and, and want to get tattooed, uh, my Instagram is I am Radness, all one word. Uh, yeah, you heard that correct. It is I am Radness. It's one of the, uh, the greatest usernames I've ever heard. <laughs> It started out as a joke and then it, i never thought that I would be using it for like an actual business. And now I'm like, well, I'm stuck <laughs> here. So too many people know me by that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, and if like, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm an open book and I, I try and be fairly active on social media. Um, but yeah, that's the best place to find me. Yeah, I'll vouch for you, Clint. I mean, we've we've only met a, a few days at the the Elk Shape Camp in Texas, and you've been nothing but welcoming to every you know every message that I've ever sent you. So I appreciate you, um, and especially jumping on the podcast here. You are recording number two, so there'll be hopefully many more to come. But uh, I think we're setting a good trend here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we may even want to get my wife on and give her rendition of of how the hunt went down. Oh, you sure of... you want everyone telling you want you want her telling everybody <laughs> <laughs> about uh, about her thoughts on your hunting ability? Yeah, I mean, I I put some animals down, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> I feel confident in myself, um, but awesome. yeah, it may be it may be interesting to hear the opposite side of that story. Um, I would love and, that. I also feel like it's important to have uh, females on here and hear some of their perspective and stories, yeah. since uh, obviously it's a male kind of capitalized sport here so yeah yeah and she's i mean she 
like like I told you with that first year, she's a strong, independent lady. Like she literally did everything on that first year. I, the only thing I did was put the game bags in my bag. There was there was yeah. nothing else that I did. She'll she's not afraid to get in on this stuff, and she's the one that kind of pushes me to to go a little further than what I normally do. That's awesome, and she lets you hunt on her birthday, so you've got a good one, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I cannot necessarily. I know I've got a good one too, but I can't necessarily say that she would allow me to hunt on her birthday. But fortunately, it's not during any major hunting season, so I'm yeah. Not, I'm mine not that mine is, uh, and we'll actually be hunting during her birthday this year too. But uh, like when I hunted during it last time, I I actually killed an animal during it, so that's pretty high bar to set out of the gate. So. I've got to figure out how I can recreate that every year now. Just add a point per year, right? To the, to the buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try that. All right, man. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Of course, man. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Clint. Yep. All right, guys. That's it. Another story in the books. If you have any feedback, please let us know. Just go to add hunting stories underscore official on Instagram and DM us. Don't forget to follow and share while you're there. I do want to thank Clint and, of course, his puppy who made a small guest appearance there. I don't know if you caught that. But I hope that you could hear the passion behind his voice. I felt it absolutely when I was speaking with him. I encourage you to share this episode with any non-hunters who are interested in getting started because he does make it a very approachable subject. And, of course, don't forget to follow him on Instagram. I put a link to his account in the show notes, but uh, if you need it, it's I am Radness on Instagram. And then, of course, subscribe, review, comment on your preferred app, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this podcast today. Finally, we're always looking for more storytellers. So, like I said last time, if you, your dad, your friend, or whoever has a good story, hit us up. We want to hear from every kind of hunter as long as you can tell a good story. Thank you again. Now go make some stories of your own.